Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Glowing Weak Point. I'm your host, John. He's my co-host, Wombat. How's it going, Wombat? Oh, you know, ups and downs, lefts and rights, zigs and zags, but not a zog. Never a zog. No. No zogs. Right. What about what about forwards and backwards? Oh, I love a forwards and backwards. Uh, uh, okay, back that's, that's good. I love a good back and mm-hmm. forth. Mm. Mm. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, let's let's jump into it. Uh, what's your glowing weak point? Uh, my glowing weak point was Labor Day. Labor Day, John. Oh. It's a federal holiday. My- it is. And Which, that means schools uh, recognize means it. Not, yeah, that, that is the only, like, when you're young or in, in college... It's like, yes, it's a holiday. And then you hit adulthood. And unless you're a government worker, you're like, it's Labor Day. Yeah, remember, remember how many people died for Labor Day and now the only people who get to experience it are students? Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah, it's, it's real fucked All up. Right. But yeah, I got to just lay Did in bed and read a book, play a game. That sounds nice. Yeah. I'm sure we'll hear about both of those later. We will. Cool. What about you, John? You got a you got a glowing weak point? Uh the best I can come up with was also Labor Day because that was when we were celebrating my uh brother in law's birthday and uh I baked a cake. I-, I baked a cake from scratch. It was a Neapolitan cake. Ooh. So it was a it was a three layer cake with a vanilla, a chocolate, and a strawberry layer. And what was the icing? And a strawberry icing. Ooh. Yeah. Double down um, on the it was Yeah, it was a pain in the ass though, because the recipe I was following required strawberry extract. And stores don't carry strawberry extract I was about anymore. To say, I've never seen strawberry extract. It's it's out there. I mean, McCormick makes it. Like, I, it's it's not uncommon. It's just not carried by stores anymore. You can order it from them. Like, Kroger can deliver it to you, or Walmart can deliver it to you, or whatever. But uh, yeah, I, I I don't want to order from those places when I have Amazon free delivery. So I ordered from Amazon to be delivered the day before. Okay. And, uh, yeah, that was great. Um, I've also had to order rare food items from Amazon before, and it never arrives when you're trying to get it to. Yeah, yeah. So. I think the one I had to get uh, was, like, juniper berries. I needed juniper berries for some shit. Wait, you're making gin? No, it was like some kind That's of the only. It was some kind of soup that needed juniper berries as a seasoning. That's the only thing I know people use juniper berries for. Is it's the primary ingredient in gin, right? I mean, I, I guess grain alcohol is the primary ingredient, but the primary flavoring agent is is juniper it's, berries. Yeah, it's a it's a juniper based liqueur. Yeah, so it's I not a liqueur, I it's just a liquor. Yeah, I I needed um, strawberry extract, so I ordered it from Amazon, and then it was supposed to show up the day before I was baking the cake, and uh, it didn't, and I still don't have it. 
Um, so what do you use so instead? So I panic made some strawberry syrup. That's the um, same thing? It's not. No, no, because <laughs> like s- strawberry uh, extract is uh, strawberries mixed with grain alcohol for uh, a large period of time. Man, we're talking a it lot takes about like grain eight- alcohol. Yeah, it takes like eight weeks to make strawberry extract, whereas strawberry syrup, syrup is, is just sugar and strawberry puree, and then you yeah. strain it. Well, sh- sugar and water, and then you just chuck some strawberries in there. Yeah. Um, so, uh, used the two teaspoons of that I needed, and then I got to save the rest of it for the next time I'm making pancakes. Because mm. doesn't that sound fantastic? <laughs> or you could get weird with an old fashioned and use strawberry syrup in that. Oh gosh, that <laughs> that doesn't sound awful. <laughs> it doesn't, does it? That 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 could be good. <laughs> I, I would I would need the right whiskey to pair with it. I like hmm. Uh, some, that might be later today. Whiskey. Yeah. Yeah. That might be later today. <laughs> we'll see. I might have just made the day. Yeah. <laughs> okay, John. All right. Do we want to get into it, or do we want to do we want to talk about other stuff? Uh, well, I, I kind of want to talk about something because uh, we're not talking about the news or anything this week, and and so there is a new show in the news this week, and I wanted to know if you had seen it, uh, the new Lord of the Rings: The Rings of Power. I was absolutely never going to watch that show. Okay. <laughs> uh, it has been near universally panned by critics. Um, has it? I mostly critics liked it. Most mostly for canonicity with the Tolkien estate. However, oh, having watched it, is it and, the people who also are complaining having, that there's black people who are elves? Uh, I mean, we could get into that too. That <laughs> uh, yeah, black people that are elves and and surprisingly i i've heard less about that and more about black people being hobbits like why not right <laughs> like like literally, i, I understand i understand elves in tolkien's works have always been described as fair-skinned and that's just the way it is but also like why why not <laughs> like, does does it does it hurt anyone to uh, to do this? It hurts a little racist no? baby's feelings. Oh uh, well, yeah, they can go to hell. Um, no, the uh, a lot of people have been complaining about them not getting it canonically correct, and and having read the Silmarillion six or seven times all the way through, including all of the other books that are uh, canon. Or less canon because they've been repeated of, of other things. Uh, I, I'd like to think that I know a fair amount of Tolkien canon, and it's fine. Like there, there's there's nothing real bad happening there. Also, it's the, not the one and it has an eighty five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Now, <laughs> it was it was review bombed. Uh, IMDb and several other review sites have actually. Uh, taken off a lot of reviews. The audience score is at thirty nine percent, but I imagine that's because of yeah, the racist yeah. whiny babies. 
yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, um, that my one complaint is that Galadriel isn't in the in the intro is not represented as the badass bitch that she is. <laughs> <laughs> but like immediately after the intro where they give the backstory that they have no rights to um we'll get to that in a second. Um she she's immediately a badass bitch like outpacing all the rest of her elves climbing up a fucking mountain like just her hands and I mean, uh beating the shit out of a troll and I feel like single-handedly killing it sometimes that like in fellowship of the ring Galadriel turns down taking the ring herself because she knows that if mm-hmm. it's, if its influence has acted on her she would actually take over the world yeah like like she knows that she is so awesome she would take over and destroy the world <laughs> Yeah, yeah, she would become worse than Sauron. Yeah, but that's how that's how badass Galadriel is. Is she strong and, enough to do that, and also to turn it down? Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, Galadriel is a badass bitch, and and like her exploits are well spoken of in the Silmarillion. That, and here's the key: Amazon doesn't have the rights to. Okay. <laughs> So this so is a second it? age thing, and Amazon only has the rights to the three Lord of the Rings books. So they're basically just making a show out of bits of lore from within the Lord of the Rings. Yes, so they they're have access to, to like anything from the Silmarillion, which is the actual backstory of the entirety of Middle Earth. Yeah, and only things that are spoken of. Only in the Lord of the Rings and not the Silmarillion. Yes. So so they have access to, like, there, there's a bunch of stuff in, like, the introduction to the Fellowship of the Ring and in, like, the Council of Elrond. Elrond talks a bunch about the, the history of things. And all of the Elvish songs, of which there are many, and they are very long and drawn out, they have access to those. Okay. Uh, and they also have access to the appendices. Wow. But that's it. <laughs> um, we've got we've got now, uh, four pages of of background information to get us to who has the ring right now. We've got Elrond talking out his dick during a council. We've got a whole mm-hmm. bunch of elvish songs that may or may not be historically accurate within <laughs> within the universe that they're they're, they're in. And then we've got mm-hmm. a glossary Yes. Well, no, no. The appendices, the appendices actually do do go into a lot of backstory on um, on things. Like we know all the history of like the Witch King of Angmar because of the appendices. I don't. That's know who the that's Witch in there. King so, of Angmar even is. Uh, uh, no man can hurt me. I am no man. She stabs him in the face. Oh, he dies. the head right. Ra- Wraith yeah, the the Nazgul. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So like, it gives you the background of why he's the Witch King of Angmar and other stuff, which is also Second Age. Um, so that's that's the key here is that it, it's the Silmarillion mostly deals with the First Age, uh, and the Lord of the Rings mostly deals with the Third Age, and the Silmarillion, like after the 
Silmarillion proper, there's a thing called the Akalabeth, and it deals with uh, Numenor. It's it's basically like in the Bible when they do like, and Joseph begat so and so, and he <laughs> lived this many years and died, and and had this many other children, and so and so begat this other person. Yeah, to get to Jesus's lineage. Yes, yeah, <laughs> that. Uh, so it's it's functionally that with a little bit of extra stuff thrown in to be like, oh, and this thing was happening at the time. Uh, but that's really mostly it for how they talk about the Second Age. So there's even if they had the Silmarillion, they don't they wouldn't have a whole lot of information, but they don't. And what they've made so far well, I only saw the first episode. I don't know if there was more. I just wanted to be able to watch one thing to see what other, you know, what my own opinion would be. Um, was actually pretty fucking good. Uh, I mean, the the show is beautiful. The acting is pretty good. Um, the story, like, it, it felt like Lord of the Rings. Okay. So, if you think that the Ring of Power is bad... Then you're a racist. No, <laughs> I mean, but statistically, but but, but statistically, probably. <laughs> all right, that was all I wanted to talk about. Okay, so we can move on. All right, we played games this week. We did play a couple of games each. D- yeah, who goes first? Do you, you want to rock paper scissors this? Uh, I, I mean, that's going to be very difficult to do, both with the fact that uh, the viewers couldn't see what the results of that would be, nor could we. <laughs> no, we're just going to go three, two, one, and then shout the, the thing that we're going to use. <sighs> okay. Three, two, one, paper. paper. <laughs> okay. Three, three two, two, one, rock. Paper. Okay, you win. Yay. You go first. All right, go f- No, no, you get to go first. Oh, I, I get, get to, to decide <laughs> because I won. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh I played I played and beat Xenoblade Chronicles this week. Um Oh, okay. I never We're have to talk play about that this later. Long ass fucking game ever again. I really really loved it and then as always with JRPGs, I get to the point where I know the end is and there's like a billion fucking side quests. And I did, you know, most of them. And then I'm like, (laughs) I don't want to do any more. I'm just going to go beat the game. And so I did that. And I was overleveled for the end of the game because I did all the quests. So it was easy to beat. And now I never have to do that again. Wow, I'm proud of you for not having to beat it anymore. I... Congrats. uh, Xenoblade Chronicles is a really great JRPG, really bogged down by a very bad second half, honestly. Not even second half, like last quarter, where you're just climbing through the Mechonis, and then, like, there's nothing going on through the three different areas of Mechonis because they ran out of script pages, I guess. So <laughs> just, just blaze through that really quick. But each one is still the size of an area on the Bionis, so, just with nothing happening. So it still takes forever. 
and then uh, everything happens all at once. Uh, like like uh, God is reborn, the main character is killed, uh, another God is murdered, then the main character is brought back to life, and it's you know you know Zeno cutscenes they take like three hours nope. to get through. Um, uh, this one isn't as bad as the uh, Zeno saga cutscenes, but it was pretty long. It's pretty long. Um, and then it's just like go through one last uh, one last area and then half of an area, and then beat the final boss after traipsing in a straight line past Saturn and Jupiter. And the moon, because also this universe was created by a mad scientist who, uh, like, was in orbit around Earth and ran an experiment that created a new universe. And that comes out of nowhere at literally the end of the game. This is very confusing. And also the the character that had been like on your side, but then had switched sides to the bad guy's side, and he, it was like, oh, what's he up to? Well, he he's a sword. He he is the sword you were wielding the entire time, and also the true creator of the universe, because he's also the computer for the orbital station that the mad scientist was at. What? Right. <laughs> what <laughs> exactly it makes just you, as you, much sense as if you had played it uh, <laughs> like you said words but uh, and they all they don't sense. make sense they all make sense individual of each other right but then i strung them yeah. together in a sentence and it stopped to make like sense. i i i'm I, I've, I'm familiar with the dictionary, so like I, I understood the meanings of all the words you said. You know but, what an like, orbital station is. You know what a yeah, sword you, is. You, you know what a person is. You connected is. all the nouns and <laughs> adverbs and adjectives and stuff, and it 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 ceased to be intelligible. <laughs> that uh, that's all I can do, though. That's all I can tell you is he's he is both a person, a sword, and a computer. In an administration terminal on an orbital station. Which he Yeah, and I identify as an attack helicopter? Which uh, he then <laughs> immediately followed up with, but that would mean nothing to you. To the main character. And I'm like, yeah, it means like nothing to me also. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I get it. I understand what he is. He's the computer that ran the experiment in the first place, like, like was overseeing the, the experiment when the, yeah. the bad guy ran it. And so he was transported here along with uh, his colleague who became the god that he murdered. Like, that, that I get it, but why? <laughs> Okay. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, John, Xenoblade Chronicles is good. People should not play it. Uh, they should watch a Let's Play of it. And w- tell me about Thunder Tanks. You played some more Thunder Tanks. 
I I did play some more Thunder Tanks, some World Destruction League Thunder Tanks. Uh, this this time I played the Game Boy Color version. Oh, I thought this was just. I thought you were just still playing. I thought it was just that no, good. no. Just like let me keep playing this. No. Damn. <laughs> okay. I'm just just gonna just gonna say no there. So how um, does the Game Boy Color version? Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah. Game Boy Color in a PlayStation age. The PlayStation 2, wasn't it? Yes. Right. They should have access to... Oh, well, wait. No, because there's two years there where the PlayStation 2 is out and the Game Boy Advance isn't. (laughs) Yep. Yep, that's what happened, John. You just... They just missed out on having it on a decent (sighs) console. When when did the GBA come out? Two thousand two. Okay, well then, yeah, that was that was what happened because yeah. it it was released in two thousand for PlayStation Two, PlayStation One, and Game Boy Color. Um, How does the Game Boy Color version hold up to the PlayStation Two? So, <clears throat> I mean, all right. So the Game Boy Color version of this is basically identical to the Game Boy Color version of the original Battle Tanks. Because um, I, I think you remember thought it was marginally better than N64 I, I thought Battle it was Tanks. better than N64 Battle Tanks. Um, I, I think GBC Battle Tanks is better than N64 Battle Tanks. Now, Battle Tanks Global Assault is way better than, than GBC Battle Tanks. Um, Thunder Tanks PlayStation is functionally identical to uh, Battle Tanks Global Assault. Okay. <laughs> Thunder Tanks Game Boy Color is functionally identical to Battle Tanks Game Boy Color. <laughs> it's not many s- improvements being made on the uh, Game no. Boy front. No, I mean, hey, they introduced the star again. So it was it was back. Um what does the star uh, do again? It's it's whenever you kill a an enemy tank, you can pick up their they drop a star which gives you a little bit of ammo and healing. Oh right, okay. Um it it had a whole lot of tanks that were options. Um some of which were just reskins of other like all of the tanks that exist are reskinned from the Battle Tank series. Right. But, whereas in the PlayStation version, they kept everything the same. They might have changed the name around, but it was like, this is the tank body, and it's a Goliath, and it looks like a Goliath from the other thing. So, but like, now it's purple. But yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, this, it's like, this is a flame tank, but it looks like a Rattler, which is a completely different type of tank. <laughs> um, like, it, it, it uses... It, like, they reuse all of the same... Um, Here's the Goliath, models. but it looks like a Tachikoma. Well, and then that's the weird thing, because the Goliath is still in here, um, and as are many of the other ones, like, the Flippy tank is still in here. There's no ability to flip, but it's still in there. What the I heck? don't know why you would, like... Just remove uh, it. Whatever. <laughs> Yeah, what's the point just of it? If it call it a flip. tank, like, yeah. Um, the Goliath is in there, but so is the Annihilator, which they count as a t- 
type of modded Goliath tank, which from Battle Tanks Global Assault, there's the Annihilator class Battle Tanks that is a Annihilator Goliath. It's a Goliath that's modified, and you can play as a character who uses uh, the Goliath, and you could play as a character that uses the Annihilator Goliath, and it's got both, and it's definitely not the same world. <laughs> I totally forgot I that know. World Destruction League was just Tekken with tanks. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to agree with IGN on this one and give it a 4 out of 10. No, we don't agree with IGN about anything. No, on this one we do. Damn, John. He... Yeah. 7.8. <laughs> <laughs> Too much water? Too much water. Uh, <laughs> there is. There is, though. There is too much water in that. <laughs> it's awful. It's, it's, oh, it's, in uh, Pokemon uh, Emerald? Yeah. There is a little bit too yeah. much water. Yeah, it's... But you know what? They, too, too much water is a... The, the entire right not, half of the map the, is <laughs> just... One big zone of water. There's like, there's not even real like right. pathways I like was about normal. To say, but the issue is not that there's too much water. The issue is that after the sixth gym, it's all water. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there's like no only water, water up to that point, and then it's only water. Ugh. <laughs> uh. Okay. Yeah. Four out of ten for for Thunder Tanks on the Game Boy Color. Yeah. All right. So, have you beaten Radiant Historia yet? No, because this is another JRPG. Like, come on, John. Okay. What What do you think I play? <laughs> what What? You think I play short oh, JRPGs? Games? <laughs> no, I, I I think you just play a lot of them. Like, you play them a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. So how many hours have you sunk in? All right, I'm already six hours into Radiant Historia. It feels like... Oh, so you're not even a quarter of the way. Oh, yeah, probably. It still says chapter one, and I actually have... I, I kept around my save file from 20 hours into the game that I, I was playing before. Mm-hmm. It also says chapter one. <laughs> oh, gosh. So I just looked it up for you. Uh-huh. There are six main chapters for each timeline and one final chapter. Yeah, so that's uh, 13 chapters altogether. Oh, plus a prologue. <coughs> so 14. Yeah. Um, so this is this is the game we're going to be hearing about for the next year. <laughs> so Radiant Historia has the... You brought up the two timelines. It has this cool function where right after the prologue, a choice is handed to you, the main character, Stock. Stock is, is asked by his friend, Rosh, do you want to join my brigade or are you going to stay as a uh, special agent with the, with like the uh, basically like fantasy CIA equivalent, right? And mm -hmm. the standard history follows you staying with the CIA, and the alternate history follows you joining your friend Rosh in his brigade. And what what the game does to keep you hopping between the two is like early on in the uh, the alternate history, 
you go to a mine, and the mine is blocked, and you need explosives to, to open up the pathway into the mine. Well, the merchant who's supposed to deliver you the explosives never shows up. So, you go into the standard history, and you continue along the main path that way, right? And then you find a mm-hmm. merchant being attacked by some bandits in the forest. And you save the merchant in the standard history, and that means that he's alive in the alternate history in order to deliver you the the, the bombs there. And then you'll continue down the alternate history for a while, right? And Yeah. No. Uh, you'll continue down the standard history for a bit, and then you'll reach a point where uh, you need to get past a checkpoint. And uh, you're, like, disguising yourself as a member of a troop, like an entertainment troop. And, but you don't have mm-hmm. any skill that you can show off to prove that you're a member. And so you get denied uh, access to the border. Well, you go into the alternate history and you continue down the path a little bit. And then you can talk to a char- one of your friend characters when there's an opportunity to just, like, chill for a second. And he'll teach you how to sword dance. Which you, get, you can then take that knowledge of sword dancing you learned there and apply it to the standard history to get you past the checkpoint. <sighs> also, there's a whole bunch of little side quests you can pick up that'll be like, oh, uh, a, a pretty basic one will be like the, uh, the army recruiter girl will say like, hey, I want you to go recruit this person for us, right? And we know where he last was. Well, if you go there at that time, he's not there anymore. But if you go back in time to a different or or even like to an alternate to the alternate history when you're there in a past time, then you can talk to the character then and recruit them that way. So so the game keeps you hopping between not not just like the two different timelines, but also different times in the timelines. <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> you done yet? This is a good nap. It's a it's a re- no that 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 does sound that does sound somewhat interesting. Yeah, uh, but also too fucking long. It's very complicated, <laughs> but very cool, and like like. The characters are interesting enough to keep me invested. Uh, like, like Stock himself is a pretty... He's a pretty standard main character. He's cold and aloof, but he cares deeply for the people around him. You know, the Squall Leonhardt. Uh, yeah. And at pretty much all times in both timelines, he's accompanied by his his two subordinates, Rainy and Marco. Rainy is a, uh, a female spear we- spear wielder, uh, and Marco is like a he almost seems like a little kid, but he's a supporting like short sword wielder kind of person. Lots of healing magic, and then in different timelines, you'll be accompanied by like le- like uh, in the alternate history, Rosh is around pretty much all the time, and he's he's able to like hit multiple multiple columns and multiple rows uh or in the standard history you'll pretty quickly get ot who 
is able to set mines. And one of the one of the cool things about the battle system in this game is it takes place where the enemy is on a nine by uh, a nine point grid. Okay. Um, and you get skills that push the enemies around. So you'll get like right assault, and that pushes the enemy to the right, or or left assault which pushes them to the left. Push assault pushes them backwards. Grapple will pull them forwards. And then you, okay. Like as you move them around the map, if they're hitting each other, then they combine and then the next hit will deal damage to both of those enemies. And, oh. Yeah. And with Ot, you open up new possibilities where you can like set a mine down. And then push the enemies around so that maybe you'll have, like, five of them hit this mine and deal, like, electric damage to five enemies all at once. Nice. So it can get really, really cool, the battles, sometimes. Okay. Yeah. Tell me about Destiny 2. Uh, I mean, the story's same old. I mean, we're still, you know... Fighting pirates, beating pirate captains. Uh, it's it's interesting storyline, but only if you actually care about the game. So I'm not going to share that because. But the only people who listen you are don't. your clan mates. <laughs> hey, I, have we gotten messages from them? Listen, I, I haven't checked that so. email. Uh, oh gosh, go check it. I'm checking right it right now. Uh, okay. Just RSS uh, and coffee. Okay. Oh, and Spotify well. for podcast, but who cares? Yeah. So anyways, um, been playing a whole bunch, been doing a whole lot of Gambit. I have nearly gilded my title. I will probably be gilding it either tonight or tomorrow night. Uh, that is how close I am. And it is week three. And that makes me feel happy. And also it makes me feel a little disgusted. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but don't you love Gambit? I actually had quite a bit of fun of with Gambit this uh, this past week. It was it was very enjoyable. Um, You're becoming a full on so, Gambit head. Some somewhat, yeah. Hey John, uh, who's so, your favorite X Men? Yeah, uh, it's not Gambit. <laughs> uh, I don't I don't care about much of the X Men. Me um, I just thought it'd be a fun joke. Yeah, no, it's not Gambit. Um, Nightcrawler's cool. I mean, and uh, there's so many of them too. That's also true. Like, gosh, there's so many. <laughs> Mystique. Um. Yeah, I mean, is she really a member? She's not an X-Men. She's an X-Men enemy. Right, but she's also a mutant. And I think there are times where she operates as an X-Men. Because one of the things... Like an X-Men enemy. One of the things that the X-Men is also that, like... Like, an, an enemy can be a, a friend, like, depending on the story. But, like, maybe right now yeah. she's siding with Magneto, but maybe next story uh, Magneto I have my is answer. sided with uh, Professor X, so. I have my answer. Your favorite X-Man? It's Deadpool. <laughs> I mean, I think he does count. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he does. 
He's a member of the X Force. Yeah. All right, whatever. Uh, hey, we played a mobile game. You played a mobile game. What? I played maybe like ten minutes of this. I, I, John, I need to wombat. I need to tell you wombat that I am very busy with homework and class, and and well, I, okay, okay, wombat, okay, okay, you. You cannot say that after telling me earlier that you had nothing to do on Monday and you spent the entire day reading and playing a video game. <laughs> we have this other video that game to play. Day. Like, like you, you can't get out of it. You can't get out of it. I know that you had time to play this game. Okay, I could And it's an idle game. You just fucking leave it. You play it for like... Five minutes at a time, twice a day. I could have put more time into it, and I chose not to. Oh, you... All right. You you chose against this podcast, is what you did. I chose to not play the game that only lets you wear a hat and then just has, like, a, a vague gesture at a shape of a person and then sets you into a field and just tells you to do what the fuck ever. And then I went into the second field over and got fucking murdered instantly. You died? Yeah. You died to the tutorial enemies? No, no, not in the tutorial, but like once the game proper I, actually started. I know, started. but they're, they're the real tutorial enemies. Let's be real here. <laughs> but no, like, like what happened was the game's like, okay, go to the second map. I'm like, cool. There's like frogs over there. I tried punching one of the frogs. I did nothing. It did almost all my health. I'm like, fuck this. And I, I walked out. And then as I was passing by the slimes that deal one damage, I took one damage and died. <laughs> and then I said, fuck this game. <laughs> I cannot believe you. You. You didn't even give it a chance. John, was it worth giving a chance? Tell us your experience with Legends of Idle On. All right, okay, so we can actually title drop this and people know what we're playing. Um, yeah, Legends of Eidolon, uh, it's a completely free game, but you can spend money, but you can get it all completely free. I don't know why the fuck you would spend uh, money on this shit. Uh, I'm, I'm going to. What? This is perhaps... The best game we've played so far. I need you to it shut was up right incredibly now. enjoyable. Like this was better than a girl adrift. Uh, Impossible. I, I'm. I. I was sad that I had missed out on that. I because like you know it, it's got achievements, so it means I can't play it anymore. But uh, this this game. It's like, it's like, ugh, I can't do that anymore, but like, maybe this will be okay. And now it's just like, thank goodness that I can't play that other game before anymore. Cause it would make me like, think I have to like split my time at all. Whereas this game is perfect. It is a fantastic game. Uh, I rated it five stars on, uh, the Google play store You're serious because right it is so good. Yeah, I'm, I'm serious. I, I left it a rave review. My uh, immediate I, I'm assumption... genuinely going to be paying money for this game just to get the like the extra bonus stuff you can do quickly. 
My immediate um, assumption was that this was just like bullshit RuneScape because it just has you running around punching enemies and then chopping a tree and mining rocks. And I'm just like, if I wanted to be doing all this, I would just pay for RuneScape again. That's uh, it's Melvor Idol is the game you're talking about. It's a different game. No, John. there, there, there is John. Yeah, the, I, I know what Melvor there, Idol is. <laughs> I've also played that and thought that was bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm just this, not an idle game person. I am. I am this is a fantastic 0% game. Zero percent an idle game person. Like when I'm playing a game, I want to be engaged with it. But being engaged with this game just meant like slapping the auto attack button and watching as my dude ran around and punched slimes. I mean, first of all, you didn't even get to the slime area. That's world four to the right. Okay, I don't know um, if they were jellies. You, green mushrooms. Whatever. The, the green green mushrooms. Who cares? Yeah. Uh I do. Cause uh you need them for a lot of things. Um I I've I've the the way this game works is, is a little bit different than most others. Uh, usually, you have like one character, and you end up with a bunch of little like factories or things that that allow you to uh, get extra materials. With this one, you actually create additional characters, so you're playing with multiple characters at a time, and you you can build one to be a miner, and one to be a, a tree chopper, and one to go kill monsters and one to craft things for you. And uh, they are all working behind the scenes. And so you can either play all of them at the same time, or you can play them individually, you know, play one and uh, have the other basically just minions taking care of uh, stuff for you. And uh, so I have four characters now with a combined level of 98 um jesus you've done so much you know you just uh-huh. have more time to put into these things than i do dude five minutes a day there's no way it's that all i could you... have gotten four characters to 98 there absolutely is because again most of the time you're not interacting with the game i don't know when the game you becomes says... idle i don't know when that happens instantly <laughs> Also, all the quests tell you all of this. Like, uh, I wasn't reading the dialogue. <sighs> You're a JRPG enthusiast, and you weren't reading the dialogue? I'll admit to you, a fair you bit hear of bias. Yourself? <laughs> I'll admit to a fair bit of bias going into this game. I opened it and saw the art style and was immediately disinterested. And I was like, I'll play this enough so that I can tell John that I did play it. But that's I it. cannot believe you. <laughs> you are ridiculous. <laughs> you're, you're just ridiculous. I know. I can't argue with you. You're just <sighs> right. <laughs> Uh, so, so do do we just need to not do this segment anymore? If you're just not gonna participate, <laughs> I will. I will. Uh, John, give me give me another chance. Give me another, okay. <laughs> I will. I will play Eidolon this next week, and I will let you know further opinions on this game. I'm not interested in. 
Well, I thought it was a fantastic game. Uh, I have almost beaten World 1. I'm looking forward to moving on to World 2, and I am absolutely going to be spending money on this game. Like 100%, I will be spending money on this game. Insane. I, I don't even I don't even have a whole lot of money right now, but I'm going to be putting at least like 20 bucks into this game. I have negative dollars. Right off the bat. Account. That's that's not a sign you want to see next to numbers in your bank account. <laughs> um, but yeah, genuinely, it's it's I would rather play it than uh, Arc Hero, which is saying something because I still play Arc Hero every single day. Um, so I personally thought Arc Hero was like one of the better ones we played. Oh yeah, Arc Arc Hero is a very good game. But Legends of Eidolon is better. <laughs> okay. Um, now, this wasn't a case where there was achievements in it, although there are three different versions of the game, uh, and they're all interconnected. You can play them on each platform. Um, it, it There's the Android version. There's Well, I guess now, just now, there's an iOS version. Uh, but there, there's a mobile version, there's a browser version of the game, and there's a Steam version. And the Steam version has um, achievements, but we're not counting those. And I, I, I didn't even want to do it on my computer anyways, because, again, this is a mobile thing that we're talking about. I mean, but, I can do the same game on Steam. Yeah. I might do that then. That sounds easier. <laughs> That sounds easier it's than the exact same. Easy, it is the exact same my experience. Fucking, my my phone time. Your phone time. Right. <laughs> you don't have to keep it open. Just close it. It's all on the servers. Just go in, tell your dude to start punching a tree and then close the fucking thing. And then when you come back, five hours later or whatever, he's going to have a thousand logs for you. And you go and you shove them in a box and then you make something. Or Oh, it's early access on, on Steam. Whatever. Because it's also on browser. <laughs> or just, you know, your phone. This was fantastic. I loved this game. Fine, um, I'll use my this is phone. This is top top tier game i strongly suggest uh, everyone go out there like we we've been knocking it out of the part the park the last few of these uh a girl adrift um arc hero not hashtag me um but legends of eidolon is it's just it keeps getting better each time <laughs> I, i'm being genuine this is not a bit <laughs> <laughs> it just feels so it's much really like good you're talking about it's a game really called good. Legends of Eidolon. You're talking about an idol game. Yeah. <laughs> it's fantastic. Okay. Let's move on. Game facts. The facts about the to the moon. Why do we do that every time? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you, you told me at one point to sing the game fact song so i did and then now i asked you to do make that. a game fact song well i did okay <laughs> to the and moon i sang it is a psychological drama adventure game developed and published by kangao kangao probably kangao at freebird games for windows and much later for mac osx linux Android, iOS, and Nintendo Switch. 
I mean, everything's on the Switch nowadays. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. If it's an indie game, it'll go to the Switch. Love the Switch, indie games do. <laughs> mm-hmm. In To the Moon, you play as Doctors Eva Rosaline and Neil Watts as they perform wish-fulfillment services to the dying Johnny Wiles by inserting artificial memories into the comatose near-death person. (laughs) Near-death can be an identifier for a person. Is it? The near-death, yes. Okay. To do so, they traverse backwards through his life via important mementos of his life in order to plant the memory of him going to the moon. Wouldn't you want to go to the moon? Doesn't that sound cool? I would want to go to the moon. Also, this sounds like Inception. Uh, Okay, yeah, it's it's a little bit um, Inception and a lot of bit... um, Eternal Sunshine? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah. E- Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. I was also getting heavy Eternal Sunshine vibes as soon as I saw, like, uh, Wish Fulfillment Services to the Dying, like, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's it's very similar to that. Okay. But th- there are some key differences. Throughout the story, you try to understand the reason for the urge to visit the moon. It's because he listened to Frank Sinatra. Finally mm-hmm. learning the due to an urge. Urban- to... <laughs> Finally learning that due to an early death in his life, he was given drugs to make him forcibly forget, and in so doing also forgot his teenage sweetheart, who he eventually married regardless, very sunshine. And they fought for Mm -hmm. the rest of their lives due to her not knowing why he forgot her. But why'd they get married then? Well, I mean, he he still liked her. But why'd she marry him? Because uh, she still liked him, <laughs> but then she was still angry that he forgot about her. Yeah, it was an important promise they made, and he forgot all about it uh, because uh, he was given beta blockers, so he doesn't remember anything from that time. Very anime now, also. <laughs> An incredibly sad game. It was developed by Kon Gao to help resolve his thoughts on mortality and death following his grandfather's descent into serious illness. Uh, yeah. Kon Gao is a master at using RPG Maker XP in novel ways, with To the Moon including neither a battle system, inventory, or party system, and is rather a story-driven puzzle-solving game. He also has further made what amounts to short movies in RPG Maker XP, like the non-interactive short game, Do You Remember My Lullaby, focusing on a mother's love of her son. He made a puzzle game with RPG Maker? Yeah. (laughs) How? Uh, Like I said, he's kind of a master at using it. Like, it's... RPG Maker, first of all, is a... It's supposed to be stupidly easy to use. Right. But at the same time, there's so many things in it that it's complicated. It's, it's like beginner friendly, but if you're, if you're used to using it, there's a lot of cool little things you can do. Well, it's beginner friendly until a point. And then you're like, 
all right, here's my game, but I guess I want music, and oh, crap, that's going to take me an hour to figure out, and oh, like, I, I need to put in dialogue and stuff, but now I have to put that in, like, four different places, depending on how I want the dialogue to come out, and it... Right, it, like it gets you started. RPG Maker easily. is significantly easier than just coding a game, but at the same time, it's very complicated. <laughs> and then, then you just is like, oh, what if I just don't make an RPG with RPG Maker? What if I do something drastically different? What if I just and straight up it works don't make perfectly? A game? Yeah, <laughs> and like, it's not that he just made this and then like recorded it and then you get a video of it no it's it's definitely a still a game quote unquote you open the exe you press the play button or you can look at like settings or other stuff so like it's it's definitely still a game it's not just a mp4 and then like xenosaga an hour and a half long cutscene plays yeah but unlike xenosaga the play game the the play never starts yeah. <laughs> it's like 20, 30 minutes. It's actually really, really good. I know. I was just ragging on Xenosaga. No, I was talking about Do You Remember My Lullaby? No, I know. Oh, okay. Yeah. I well, saying... I mean, that's fine. I, I'll i join you in ragging on Xenosaga. Right. <laughs> <laughs> to the Moon was very successful, well-rated, average of 80 just about everywhere, and even beat Catherine... Portal 2, and Xenoblade Chronicles for best story in the meaningless GameSpot's Game Game of the Year awards. (laughs) Xenoblade Chronicles was like, what year was that? 2011. It was the Game of the Year awards 2011. There had to have been better stories out there in 2011 than any of those games. Literally any of them. Hmm. Skyrim. No. Uncharted 3, Dead no. Space 2, L.A. Maybe. Noir. No. Uh, Skyward Sword. Eh. Deus Ex Human Revolution. Eh. The Witcher 2. Eh. Bastion. Ah! Hey, there we go. That Infamous got- 2. That should have gotten best story. Not infamous too, Bastion. I don't know. I I I liked Bastion, uh, but I still have to say that To the Moon has a better story. Okay. I have played it. To be fair, I haven't played To the Moon, so. Yeah, it's true. Uh, because of this, it spawned several sequels, as well as a somewhat unrelated bridge connecting the first two games, including a bird story, Finding Paradise, and Imposter Factory. Lastly, an animated movie adaptation was announced in the works in 2018 by an unnamed Japanese animation studio. Sounds like... And that was just the facts. That's not a thing that's happening. I mean, 2020 slowed a lot of stuff down. But also, the the animation studio didn't even name themselves? Yeah, I mean, it was announced by the developer, not by the studio. Right, it's weird um, the studio wouldn't say, hey, we're working on this. I mean, they're not going to announce anything until they have something. Yeah. <laughs> Still, e- even with the slowdown of the pandemic, like four years is very long. Yeah. 
That's a long time to be without any news about that. Yeah. Okay. Well, short one this week. What do you mean? What's short? The, the game facts. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you only gave us like six. Yeah. Just yeah, don't don't want to always have 20 facts. I mean, you Sometimes very rarely nice have to, 20. Just do a small ones. I, I more frequently than not have 20. You, you <laughs> it's usually, kind of a problem. You usually give me like 12 or 13. Like, like that's the sweet spot of game facts is like 12 or 13. Yeah. And then sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's not. <laughs> and I feel like once we go past that point, it's just a series facts. It's just a series facts in the middle of a regular episode. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, but usually those times, uh, it works out because you didn't do anything for part three, and so it just fills up the rest of the episode. But this week, we did do something for part three. Yeah, we did. We read Infinite Dendrogram, number one. Uh, this was a wombat pick, which means you know it was bad. John, let's hear your non-bullshit <laughs> opinion on the book immediately. <laughs> Uh, it was actually pretty good. It's pretty uh, good, right? It's 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 pretty good. I mean, it's not better than Sword Art Online, but it's pretty good. <laughs> it's way better than Sword Art Online. No, pr- progressive is better. Like no, I, like this is way better than the original Sword Art Online light novels. But like progressive, is a, no contest. You know, I guess with with only one book under the belt so far, I- I'll let you have progressive is better for now. <laughs> Man, can't wait for the the movie, October 22nd. (laughs) All right, so let's just hop into it. As always, John, you can interject whenever you feel like it. I'll be doing the same. Um, And the viewer, the listeners can interject too. I mean, you can't, but while you're listening, interject. You just, just, just pause for a minute and then like, shit on our opinion well really it's wombat's opinion this uh, he doesn't speak for me here um (laughs) john only speaks for himself and i speak for myself and we both speak for no one i also speak for wombat sometimes though he does when when i say that sort of online progressive is the best that's not true the year Uh. is 2043 sword art online opened its servers 21 years ago Reiji Mukadori is about to start his college semester in Tokyo, but before that happens, he's finally going to play the game lauded as the best VR MMO to date, Infinite Dendrogram. This game boasts true freedom, excellent visuals in either realistic CG or anime styles, and a truly unique embryo system that makes the game play differently for every individual. His first day is jam-packed. Uh, so I, I liked how it the uh, it actually talks about how um, <laughs> you say Sword Art Online, uh, but it, it mentions not by name Sword Art Online, but it mentions that like uh, VR MMOs are popular now because uh, twenty one years ago some idiot created a bunch of anime and manga and uh, shows about about 
VR MMOs, and so we've been wanting them ever since. It's like, yeah, we know. We know what's going on here. Right. <laughs> not, like, this does not actually take place in the universe of Sword Art Online. Yeah. I just thought it'd be funny to throw in, like, like the SAO happened 21 years before this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. October 2022. Uh-huh. Look forward to it. No, no, no. That's when the movie comes out. It's also this, when the, the game launches. Was it? Yes. Really? Yes. Uh, John has to look this up. He doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't believe that I know when in universe the, the Sao launched. Uh, you're you're right. That is ridiculous <laughs> that you would know that. <laughs> but I do. <sighs> Damn it, Wikipedia, why did you just say 2022? <laughs> <sighs> Alright, go ahead. I'll, I'll keep looking. His first day is jam-packed. First, he logs in and is prompted by Cheshire, one of the game's 13 control AI, to create his character. Ragey names himself Ray Starling and basically just makes a white, blonde version of himself to play as. He then Ha! You're wrong! November 6th! Suck it! Damn. I was off by a month. <laughs> You're off by like two weeks. Right. <laughs> a week. He then chooses to start in the Kingdom of Altar, where his brother is waiting for him. On his way down to the Central Fountain, however, he runs into a woman named Liliana who's searching for her sister. She gives him her contact info and triggers a difficulty five quest. When Ray reaches the fountain, he sees a, br a bear holding a sign that reads, Welcome, little brother, who he reluctantly assumes is his brother. It is. Brother Bear explains a bit of the game before hitting on the fact that a difficulty 5 quest is meant to be handled by a high-level party, and oh shit, we should probably do something. So I had a minor issue here. Um, so canonically... Uh, in the game, every hour of our time is three hours in their time. Yes. One day so, is equal to three days in the game. How long was Brother Bear just standing there at the fountain holding a sign? Probably a while. It, in later books, he actually just does this a lot. He'll just be in public places letting kids climb on him and shit. This is just a thing he does. But, but we're talking like... It's gotta be multiple hours. Yes. Like... Yes. <laughs> like, like if if not days. Because he, he, he doesn't really say when he got information from his brother on when to do it. But it, to me, it sounded like... No. It was before he left for... Col or for college 100% so, what happened is they texted each other and his brother's like hey you should you should come to the kingdom of altar when you start playing I'll be there waiting for you and Ray was like okay I'll be playing this day and so once that day started brother bear probably just sat his ass down by that fountain and waited for Ray to show up uh Hey, bro, if you're listening to this, either uh, in any of my brothers, uh, both both in-laws and uh, 
native, I don't love you that much. <laughs> I, it wouldn't happen. I'm not. I'm not gonna sit there for an. I, I will sit nowhere for an entire day waiting for you to maybe maybe show up. It's not gonna happen. No, these, this is not. Not how our relationship works. Sorry, dudes. These two siblings are just very close. Very, very close. That's weird. <laughs> they deduce that the sister, Millianne, probably went to get Remberries from the Old Reeve Orchard, a newbie trap dungeon known for killing players who don't know where to go when they start. They rush over there, Ray still jobless and in basic equipment without an awakened embryo, and save Liliana from a swarm of bugs. Well, Brother Bear does, with his Gatling gun, while Ray just kind of talks to the two Tians, the ter- game's term for NPCs. Also, Brother Bear has a Gatling gun. Yeah. Um, I, so there's there's a lot of small issues I have with <laughs> this book. Okay. Um, and that's any time they talk about the game. Because they just mention numbers for things, and they mention stats, and, uh, like, they they don't mean anything. And it means nothing, but Ray will also be like, like, that means nothing to me. I don't know what... mm, Plus 903 mm, on the bear suit doesn't mean anything to him. That, yes, I will agree with that. But it's like, this is a difficulty 5 quest. And, And Brother Bear doesn't actually say that it's, like, needs to be a high level party. It's like, oh, that's pretty difficult. No, he something. says that it's, like, it's supposed to be handled by a, uh, uh, fucking, where's, where is it? I don't know. While well, you're looking for that, but it's like difficulty five. And I'm like, I, I don't know what that means. I, I don't care. <laughs> and then later it's like. Oh, here are my stats. Here I've got strength and defense and uh, these other things like agility. And then there's like SP. I don't know what SP is. Is SP soul points? It, like, like you've got MP. Why do you have SP as well? Or skill points? SP is skill I, points. It's because it's used later when he uh, he's using his second form embryo ability, and it, yeah. and it eats up the SP. Yeah. But they don't go into any of that at any point. They're just like, here's a block of stats for you. And some of them are standardized. Like, you would, you can just look at it and understand. I know what agility is. I know what strength is. Like, but then the others are like, I don't, these three letters don't make sense to me. I, I, like, I can't figure out what they would be. Um, Yeah, and then then one the last thing that bothers me is like, why, why are you calling them Tians? <laughs> like what? why why oh. did they have an extra term for that? Well, that's because they want you they the game developers themselves want you to not refer to them as NPCs. They want you to see them as people because they do act as people. Yeah. And it's really but you can difficult. just say that our our NPCs act like people, and like if, if the name means nothing. Like once once you're into the game, you're gonna recognize that they're more than just NPCs than typical NPCs, rather. So, 
I cannot find it. It's because it doesn't exist. Ha. Gotcha. Whatever. It Have does fun e- cutting that out. It does exist, and I just can't find it right now. Okay. Well, sure. I believe you. Suddenly, some demi-dragon worms, basically just super high-level monsters, attack from under the ground and drag Brother Bear underground. Liliana hands Millianne off to Ray and asks him to get her sister out of the orchard while she fends off the remaining worms. Unfortunately, one of them chases after Ray and he takes a brutal beatdown before turning to his unhatched embryo, a gem on his left hand, and begging for a possibility of saving the girl. And I have a little note here about how this book is, uh, it's called The Beginning of Possibility. It's a, it's a little fun. Light novels don't usually get subtitles, so it, it's it's nice to have a, a series that subtitles it. Cool. Anyway, meet Nemesis. Hey, do you know who else provides uh, subtitles? Who? <laughs> Sword Art Online! <laughs> Meet Nemesis, a type maiden with arms embryo who births herself into existence and immediately protects Ray with one of her embryo skills, counterabsorption, before changing into an organic greatsword that wraps herself around Ray's arm, allowing him to then perform her other skill, Vengeance is Mine, doubling all the damage Ray received in the battle and dealing it to the worm, killing it instantly. Ray escapes with Millianne and is shortly joined by Liliana and, surprisingly, Brother Bear, who informs the group that he fought off an entire underground den of these monsters with his embryo's tank form. Because he has a tank. He he, he has a lot. Yeah. <laughs> He's got a lot going on with his embryo. Because doesn't he, at this point in the books, uh, go up to, like, rank six? Like, level six form? Oh, no. Oh, you didn't catch on to who Brother Bear is, did you? Oh, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> no, I got it. You, yeah. you, did you just connect the dots, yeah. or or did you before and you just remembered? No, I, I, I get that. Well, I, there was, I was thinking about it because... At many points in the books, the um, it talks about how so-and-so doesn't want to be... Uh-huh unmasked or yeah right and that's also him so i was thinking maybe but i it wasn't like for certain until you just said that yeah, so the, gotcha it goes all the way up to seven yeah the, like the the other book as the books continue they will get worse and worse about hiding this fact um until okay. they just flat out say it and i think the last book will be reading cool yeah um after this brutal introduction to the game, Brother Bear hosts a feast for Ray, where one of the kingdom's top players, Lele, poisons him as a welcome lesson. Ray then sells the loot from the worm, donates half of it to the church, and because of the odd circumstances of this first day, is able to choose the high-level paladin class as his starter class. Nemesis and Ray take to the Easter fields, but are quickly bored because his new paladin stats mean he takes very little damage. I, I wrote very little. He takes no damage on the Easter fields. Yeah. <laughs> they do meet another low-level player, Rook, and his type guardian embryo, Babylon. Uh, when I first read these books, this casual introduction of a major character is kind of what made me fall in love with the infinite dendrogram. 
anybody who's played an MMO knows that feeling of like running into some rando on a field and then they become your best friend. Mm-hmm. But like I, I had when I yeah. was playing RuneScape the first time, uh, I was like fighting goblins in a hut, and then somebody walked into the hut and fought goblins with me, and then that person was my best friend for a year and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, we leave Rook and Babby for now and move on to the Nas Forest, a more suitable hunting grounds for Ray and Nemesis' stats. Well, a player killer comes along a short while into their excursion, and though they survive longer than most against this particular PKer, Ray is killed and given the death penalty, a 24-hour login ban. When he's finally able to yep. log in again, Ray and Nemesis try to apologize to each other, but end up just agreeing that they need to get stronger together. All the hunting grounds surrounding the capital, Altea, have been occupied by PKers, probably on the payroll of Drife, an enemy nation that Alter went to war with not long ago. So the pair decide to hunt in a created dungeon, the Tomb Labyrinth, hidden below the capital's graveyard. The Tomb Labyrinth. One issue I do have with this first book especially is that it's trying to get you up to speed with a lot of the terms for the game. And so it'll like stop the story dead in its tracks to give you like three pages of like a conversation that happened two days ago with Brother Bear about what a created dungeon is. Yeah. Yeah. it's it's a problem in this first book. It's it happens too frequently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The dungeon is full of undead monsters, which Nemesis has somewhat of a problem with, and gives them low returns on their funds, but they do at least gain some levels. They also almost get murdered by an incredibly powerful enemy who turns out to be Figaro, the kingdom's top-ranked dueler. They strike up a quick friendship, and on hearing of the player-killer situation, Figaro promises to take care of the ones to the south, in the Sauda Mountain Pass, as they block the path to his personal haunt, Gideon, the city of duels, of course. Mm-hmm. Where, Makes sense. Where else would the top-ranked dueler hang out? <laughs> mm. I like Figaro a lot. Me too. Figaro is probably one of my favorite, like, secondary characters in the books. Uh, And a lot of it just has to do with the way he's introduced. um, Wearing complete nonsense and striking at what he thinks is an enemy on the weakest dungeon level in the entirety of the Tomb Labyrinth um, with full Mm -hmm. force. absolutely not holding back at all against what is to him most likely just like a skeleton yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) always full force always full force I love Figaro Uh, Ray meets back up with Rook who has taken the pimp class at this point and they start to discuss the PK situation this is also where my favorite line in the book happens. Uh, why must such an earnest, good young boy be a pimp? <laughs> uh. Such a good line. 
Uh, Rook, <laughs> Rook found his own way around the PK situation because Pimp is not a battle-focused class and can be leveled in town. They, yeah. They're joined by a journalist named Marie who informs them how the battles went down. Essentially, Alter's four superiors, those with a seventh-level embryo, the highest embryos go, murdered all of the player killers. Figaro kept his word and decimated Mad Castle, led by Barbaroi Badburn, in a point of view from their perspective that makes Figaro seem like an absolute beast. Mm-hmm. Lele, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it was a really good uh, little chapter right there. Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> Lele juiced the murderers of Goblin Street, a PK guild who would kill even Tians. Um, and, and yes, they, literally, she juiced them. Yeah, like she punches like, them and then they don't even go flying. They just become puddles of blood and flesh. Yeah, <laughs> she turns them into juice. Uh, Suki Ofuso, leader of the cult clan Lunar Society, a real world cult leading their best lives in Infinite Dendrogram, decimates K&R. And as for the po- solo PK that killed Ray, well... King of Destruction, the Unknown, took a battleship out by the forest and raised it to the ground. Yup. <laughs> and it makes sense that that would be the direction he would go. Because it's like, oh, you fuck with my brother? <laughs> you gone. Oh, yeah, okay, John just said it out loud. King of Destruction is Brother Bear. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. His seventh form is a battleship. <laughs> mm. We've seen three of the forms. Second form, Gatling gun. Fourth form, a tank. Seventh, a battleship. What's in between <laughs> these? <laughs> and when we say raised it, like the Nas Forest no longer exists. Yeah. Is, is gone. <laughs> Completely and entirely. Oh, and uh, you didn't include it in here. Uh, it's it's so far gone that the control AIs who are in charge of keeping the world uh, oh, yeah. stable, I guess. Cheshire is um, out here um, working on setting it up so the environmental AIs can come out and start setting the Nas forest back on the path towards being a forest. Well, I don't think it's going to become a forest again because, like, like he specifically says, they try not to undo what people do. They try to guide it onto right, the path that makes the most sense from them. So I don't think it's like going to become a forest again. I think it could be like, yeah, I think it could be like, uh, like a, a a small desert sort of thing, or like or a plain. Yeah, um, but he's he's there to heal the land help heal the land (laughs) somewhat and and put it on the right track they run into cheshire because nemesis is able to see the uh the space that he's working in Mm -hmm. yeah uh with all the pkers gone ray rook and marie decide to take a quest that will lead them to gideon so ray can meet up with figaro again they find a delivery quest that works well for them and start out on the way, though, a devilish surprise awaits them in the form of a hungry goblin army. The party, uh-huh. 
The party arrives in time to help save the remnants of an attacked caravan, with Rook and Babby's charm completely destroying the goblin army from within. However, once the army is gone, a giant hobgoblin descends from the sky. And I'm really kind of sad that they didn't um, ever, like, draw Gardranda. They never got an illustration for Gardranda. Uh, there's a uh, little bit of it on the inside cover. Um, the full-color ones is the last full-color page. Oh, yeah. It's that's That's there. Gardranda there. It's definitely Gardranda. Yeah. Great Miasmic Hobgoblin Gardranda is a unique boss monster, a monster that has never existed in the game before and never will again. It spreads a miasma across the field that poisons, intoxicates, and weakens everyone who breathes it in. Ray puts up a strong fight, but is unable to win as he is. I, I hear something happening, John. What's up? That was a yawn. Oh, okay. <laughs> so he allows Nemesis to emergency evolve via the triple asterisk protocol, which evolves her to a second Annoying. form. Annoying. Get used to that shit. Yeah, that's very <laughs> annoying. Uh, which evolves her to a second form, the Flag Halberd, and grants him a skill unique to this form, like a flag flying the reversal, which reverses all debuff effects applied to him at the cost of constantly draining his SP. Uh, as a side note, this is probably my favorite of ne Nemesis's forms so far, but it gets the least love as the books go on. Le like, hmm. uh, at the point I'm at in the books, he has four forms of Nemesis, and... Third and fourth get a lot of love, and first is always happening, but this one comes up pretty rarely. Gotcha. Yeah. That's kind of sad, because, yeah, pole arms are pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, with the help of a clue Ray received from Cheshire earlier, he's able to defeat Gardranda with minimal casualty to the caravan, and is granted a UBM special reward, the Miasma Flame Bracers Gardranda, on only his second or third day of playing the game. And that's literally how the book ends. There's like a little bit more with Jabberwock uh, being like, holy shit, this dude killed Gardranda. Jabberwock also being a um, control AI. Yeah, all the control AIs are named after characters from Alice in Wonderland. And the we mm -hmm. didn't mention it, but the developer of the game, like the lead developer, goes by the name Lewis Carroll. So, what did you think, John? Like I said at the top, it's it's pretty good. I mean, it's it's this is the best thing that you have provided. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's unfortunately a very low bar, right? Because all of the ones I've suggested have been dog shit. <laughs> Just absolute dog shit. Uh, the the closest we got to half decent was the first space mercenary book. Yeah, and and that was that was good except for uh the, the pedophile shit. The the rapey pedophilia bullshit. <laughs> yeah. 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 But aside from the one of the worst things that can that exists in the universe, it was it was pretty good. 
<laughs> yeah, which is kind of why I took to suggesting books I've actually read for the next few uh, I get to decide. Yeah. Well, I mean, next spring will be fun. <laughs> What's next spring? Uh, according to the schedule, Wolf Wolf Story. <laughs> I don't remember suggesting that one. Oh, you did. I thought I put like "So I'm a spider, so what?" or something. There. No, nope. You you chose Wolf Wolf Story. I told you to turn me into a pampered pooch, not Fenrir. <laughs> spider isn't in here. It's the next three things that that you've chosen are Infinite Dendrogram, Wolf Wolf Story, and that time I got reincarnated as a slime. Okay, so. Infinite Dendrogram as a game sounds fucking awesome. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, especially since, like, I, in a way, I kind of hate games like this, but in also in another way, I always want to play games like this, where it's, they, they describe it as there is no goal. The goal is just be there. Right. And Find your I own mean, goal. It, it, functionally, it's an isekai. Because yeah. you're, you're, it's not a game so much as it is a, um, uh, another world. Yeah. So you, you do, you get, whenever you plug in, you isekai into the other world and just like another world, there's different rules, in this case, game rules, and it's just living. So, um, yeah, I, I, I like that. It's, it's nice. The, that is the sort of game I would love to play. Um, it's never done properly. Yeah. <sighs> uh, unlike, unlike a lot of light novel games, this one isn't like, oh, that sounds like a complete dog shit game, but I get why people would be into it. Like, that's where mm -hmm. the, the game in Bofery sits for me is like, that's just a fucking bullshit game, but I understand why people yeah. like it. Uh, Infinite Dendrogram is just like it sounds like an amazing fucking game. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, it does. And uh, I love the idea and, and this like carries throughout the entire series is that like these books that we're reading, all of the ones we're going to read are from Ray's perspective. But mm -hmm. Ray Starling is not the main character of Infinite Dendrogram, the game. Like Okay. Everybody in Infinite Dendrogram is the main character of their own game. Yeah. Uh, like we'll get we'll get short stories from Rook where Rook is doing his own entirely different thing from Ray. We'll get short stories from Marie of her doing her own shit. Like, mm. we'll we'll that'll be interesting. Yeah, we'll encounter characters. The, like in a Ray's college life who are in entirely different nations and will get perspectives on what they're doing. Yeah. And it's all like building together into like one cohesive world, even if it's not like directly impacting each other. I'm looking forward to see more of what Marie does. <laughs> Why specifically Marie? <laughs> Oh, just she seems very interesting. Yeah, she she's I, I think she's a pretty superior character. <laughs> you caught on to that one, too, huh? Yeah. Yeah, that one's not hidden very well either. No, no. 
I'd say it's slightly better hidden than Bear. Yeah. But for, for at least this book it is. But it's still Yeah. It, the timing of when she shows up is suspicious like just immediately. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's it's just strange that there's uh always footage of things that happen around a certain someone or a certain someone shows up always and Marie happens to to know about it. So it's it's very very much a Spider-Man uh Peter Parker situation with Marie. It's very interesting that when nobody was looking a certain a certain killer came by and took a shot at Gardranda and and then was mm-hmm. gone instantaneously. Mhm. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's 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 very convenient of that. Right. Yeah. Listen, you're Rook right now. <laughs> You don't know this is Rook's character yet, but this is Rook's character, and you're Rook. <laughs> uh, whatever. <laughs> there can there's there's worse things than being a beautiful young man, right? Like that beautiful young man being a pimp. Yeah, with a succubus, but also he's underage, so the most she does is like a lap pillow, <laughs> not a lap dance. Lap pillow. Her idea of what's like lewd is a shoulder massage. Mm. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. The lewdest of massages. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for this week of Glowing Weak Point. Uh, look forward to next week when. Are we doing hot shit next week? I don't or know. You're are you going to. You did a hot shit while I was talking. That sounded wrong. I meant you you plugged in a hot shit thing. I I did that earlier today. Oh, yes, did you? As an option. We could also do a topic if you have one of those like you're supposed to come up with. Uh, or we could do one of these other things. <laughs> Let's just do a hot shit. All right, we're going to be doing a hot shit. We're watching Star Crash. This one's free, right? I can't afford another. It, it is free with ads. Okay, I can do that. Mm-hmm. God, it's from um, 1979? Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> oh, Christopher Plummer's in it. That's an actual uh-huh. name actor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So look forward to that next week, uh, and I guess we're going to be doing the news again. Alan Garfield's number one fan says, yes, it was marketed as a Star Wars knockoff, but it has much more in common with Harryhausen 50s sci-fi Barbarella and the 1980s Flash Gordon. Excellent. That's what I'm looking forward to. (laughs) I'm going to enjoy it. (laughs) He is not. (laughs) I'll probably find it okay. I mean, how bad can it be? Uh, Christopher Plummer is in it. Ooh, boy. Uh, (laughs) Those are not words I would say. Um, (laughs) All right. So, uh, yeah, look look forward to that. If you want to follow along, watch Star Crash before next Thursday when this comes out. The next one comes out. And we'll have news... And uh, please share this with someone who um, 
is on their deathbed so that we can have a very, very short period of time. The last thing they can be doing is listening to this podcast. Maybe maybe they'll even have enough time to read two infinite dendrogram novels. Two? Two. Why just two? I mean, they're on their deathbed. I can't hope for more than that. Ah, gotcha. Right. But I mean, you're supposed to read the first four because the first four are all connected. The first four are all connected, but... Just to, tell me now. Um, you've told me that the first arc is is the first four books. Is the first arc just dealing with the Kingdom of Altar going under, but not? No. Oh, okay, interesting. Yeah, um, and and it's really just uh, the main issue was that three and four are direct, like four follows directly from the end of three. Um. Oh, so you could you could read one and two. You just can't read one, two, and three without. Four. You have to read one, two, three, and four. Yeah. Okay. Like they, so, you could read one, you could read two, or you could read four. No, you can't. It, one book, two books, or four books. Oh, I see. Yeah, figure it out. I see. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just just don't right. stop with volume three. Is the point? Yeah. All right. That that's it. Goodbye, everyone. See you next time.